HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul, the Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My co-host, Souther Teague, is at Tales on uh, the Road in uh, Edinburgh in Scotland. Um, so I, I, it makes just perfect sense to have a couple of fellas in here to talk about Scotch whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to welcome to the show Donald Brophy and Mike McKish. Hi. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. First time here. Thanks very nice much for having, having us. Yeah, absolutely. Man, let's just get right into it. We've got a lot of whiskey to drink today. Certainly do. So uh, why don't you tell us about what you do um, separate? Like, General, uh, you, you own a bar, Highlands. Yes, uh, I own Highlands NYC. It's been in operation now for pretty much 10 years. Great. Um, kind of rode the wave of the... Uh, early renaissance and kind of you know like liquor when people started to really start to take an interest in the liquids yeah. and uh myself and my business partner uh were bartenders for many years and obviously you know liquid geeks like i'm sure a lot of people listening were yeah. and um went on a uh, expedition to um scotland uh, and basically like toured the whole Highlands, Bayside, the whole area, and we came back to New York, and we were like, we saw a gap in the market for a a, a, a low key kind of down to earth um, whiskey bar, not just Scotch, but you know, pr- mostly Scotch, and yeah. we decided to kind of 
cultivate that and thankfully it's been you know it's become quite an institution in the west village yeah i love the place i was there i was telling you before the show i was there a couple nights ago yeah it's funny everybody time. know every you're like oh i have a band like what band like, oh my god i met my wife there or something <laughs> <laughs> they have like four kids running around i'm like i'm responsible for that <laughs> must have awesome. a lot of whiskey <laughs> yeah if you'd leave married <laughs> is it yeah it's like that open bar thing we we're talking about before, <laughs> right? It's like, challenge accepted. Exactly. <laughs> now yeah. I have four kids. Um, cool, man. Yeah, it's a great bar. Um, Thank you. I've been there a lot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cool, man. And uh, Michael. Uh, so I have the the beautiful job of doing media relations for Visit Scotland. So oh, cool. uh, which involves drinking, thankfully, a lot of whiskey, uh, <laughs> getting to getting to travel around Scotland and getting to know all the different uh, different areas and different regions, uh, and then coming over and and just making sure that the uh, U.S. consumers and people around the world know about the Scottish product, so know about the craft and and what's actually happening in the country and all the exciting things. Oh man, he so, also carries a bag of. Top shelf scotch with him wherever he goes, right. and we, are and we don't have any in front of us. Right, wherever <laughs> I go, have any yeah. front. we do not have a beautiful Island I, Park twelve year. It's almost a, <laughs> it's a legal requirement for me. They won't let me into anywhere without at least three whiskeys. Well, I'm I'm very <laughs> I'm very envious of your job right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so was this something that that you kind of grew up into? I always feel like everyone from like Scotland or Ireland they grew up in like whiskey families, like. Like, if you're from Kentucky here, it's like you're like in a bourbon family, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to say no. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I grew up in Ireland and, um, you know, this kind of, you know, speaks to, you know, the general renaissance we're starting to see in small batch, um, you know, like distilleries that we've kind of started to see, you know, 10 years ago pop up around Scotland. And now now you're starting to see a lot of them in Ireland as well. But, you know, uh, you know, growing up in the, you know, the 90s in Ireland, there were, a lot of the whiskey distilleries were owned by the bigger conglomerates. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really a lot of variation. There certainly wasn't a lot of people having fun with uh, you know crossing woods and malts and all the rest of it so we you know like the gantry in your in your Irish bar was pretty basic you had Jemison Bushmill Powers you know Johnny Walker Glenfiddich whatever great whiskies but there just wasn't a huge amount of, a huge selection it wasn't really until I moved to uh to New York and, you know, kind of started to get involved in, in the in the downtown kind of bar scene that I had kind of an intellectual awakening, so to speak, with sure. uh, with with liquor, which, you know, led me to, you know, be inspired to open up my own whiskey bar. Yeah, it's it's interesting to say that because I probably I couldn't agree more. It's the same in Scotland as well. If you if you spoke to my father, my grandfather, my grandfather actually worked in a whiskey distillery for about 20 years. And he would never drink the single malt whiskey. That was that was to be exported. And they drank they drank the likes of teachers or famous grouse, the rough stuff, sure, right. which is still wonderful, but in its own way, but doesn't quite have the same craft behind it. Uh-huh. And over the last ten, fifteen years, there's this been this beautiful renaissance, this um, distillation or, or, or um, excitement about the the culture that comes around whiskey, like people are really getting into it. And it's lovely to hear my friends and, and my peers go to bars and start talking about Scottish whiskey. Because that's what it is. It's not just a drink, it's a talking point. It's a narrative. Mm-hmm. There's a culture and yeah. a craft behind it. Mm. So it gives you something to talk about at a bar mm. and something to be really proud of as a Scottish person. So that's why I travel with whiskey wherever I go because it's just a primary uh, example of Scottish craft and love. That get I'm sure you make drink. a lot of friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think there's, there's something interesting about Scotch whiskey to me, it's like, like in the same way that rum, 
like they're like they're they're the two categories of spirits that I feel like vary the most. Mm-hmm. And and one of them has a lot of rules, and the other one is just straight up outlaw. You know, like <laughs> rum, they're like basically no rules. I actually love rum cask whiskey. Mm-hmm. By the way, the, yeah. the hybrid of them of both of them, it's spectacular. We yeah. were talking about that er- earlier. That Balvenie Caribbean, yeah, cask. the Caribbean oh, cask, dude, that all is day, so so effing good. Yeah. yeah. I can curse, right? You tell me I could curse earlier yeah. on. You can say, you <laughs> I think it's my mom. Effing's a lot. It's so effing good. Especially when we're drinking whiskey. I think it's expected. Right. We get yeah. passionate. Yeah, so hopefully okay. we don't, you know, break out into a bar fight. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, getting back to what you were saying, I think the, the interesting thing about, you know, and the unique thing about Scotch whiskey, and one of the things that kind of like drew me down the rabbit hole with it was the international flair that's involved. You know, like you have all this wood, uh, you know, I always have these like visions of like these, you know, <laughs> mast sail ships pulling up into like <laughs> Glasgow and unloading all this like <laughs> bourbon cask and port cask and sherry cask and rum cask. But there is something so romantic about that, you know, that the Scots who are a tiny bunch at the best of times or, you know, bringing in all of this like wood from all over the world and then that wood being distributed and sent to all these distilleries and then when it gets to the distilleries, the master distillery gets to decide what liquid goes into the wood and how old that liquid is going to be. I mean, it's so intricate and it's so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, in, 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 in the age of kind of like mass production and, and all the rest of it, it's, it's, it's just an incredible, uh, it's just an incredible talent to be able to know what goes with what. It's really cool that you have that... Um that perception of it because as, as a local Scottish person I see it very localised right so I'll go and I'll walk down to this distillery which was 10 minutes from my house down a nice little uh, cobbled path it, it's, it's picturesque but you know it, it is what it is and you not get the pouring it. rain on your way to school yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> well that helped me through school and you get you, you get there and it's like it's Stevie from down the road and Stevie from down the road has been making this whiskey for 20 years and for 150 years this distillery has run the same way but this whiskey, I mean, we would never know it at the time, but this whiskey is going around the world. I could go to, I could go to Taipei, I could go, go to Japan, and I could look at a, a, a shelf of um, uh, spirits at a bar, and I could say, I'll take an Oban. And that's like that's a beautiful thing for me that, that just instills this lovely pride. You were yeah, from Oban? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's my hometown. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what's cool about this conversation? Is, like, neither of you are tied to any brands. <laughs> you know, that's it's so cool. Yeah. It's just like for yeah. the love. I've thought of, about that actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not about like yeah. It's it's so cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, we just like to drink whiskey. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. not fussy. Well, you, no, it's funny. We were talking. Right we were yeah. talking earlier on um, <laughs> about you know. Uh, Michael noticed a certain there was a certain amount of whiskey behind it. Well, one brand, different variations of one brand. And he asked if there was some sort of connection. And I was like, no, it's like, you know, the bartenders themselves really, uh, you know, as I said, they're such nerds <laughs> that they don't necessarily, they, they can't be bought. They, yeah. like, you know, if they like a liquid, or if they, if it, if they feel like it's, if it's on brand for them, for the, for the establishment, or pretty sometimes even for their own personal brand. I mean, some of these guys are like up to all sorts. Uh <laughs> You know, they will, you know, promote the shit out of it and they'll, you know, with the passion and they'll convert people. Bartenders are the number one salesperson. Seriously. And it's, mm-hmm. it's great when you see people coming into Highlands and like, you know, like you see it with a lot of women um, coming in and, 
you know, I, I've seen more and more, um, you know, like female, like scotch drinkers um, in, in Ireland. It wouldn't be unusual for a bunch of three girls to come in and order, uh, you know, a Brookladdock or a Glenfiddich or like Same some, sort of some crazy box. like yeah. Isla yeah. scotch. You know? Absolutely. And like on the, with rocks on the side and, and, and a tiny little flask of like soda water on the side. I mean, full on you know like really no shit kind of stuff and really chic as well because it's just like wow you know Mm. like and i that as well as all the engagements and the children that i get (laughs) um you know i feel very proud of yeah i mean it's 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 a way of becoming instantly cool (laughs) it is you lean on the bar and you go i'll have the art bag yeah 14 and like you know you instantly people think this guy knows what he's talking about yeah like a gorgeous woman like ordering like um you know whatever like a Glen Fiddick or whatever. Uh, I mean, uh, it happened to me. Glen Rothes or whatever. Can't get much more beautiful than that. It happened yes. to me ten years ago. I was working in this little bar in kind of a now burgeoning neighborhood in Brooklyn. It was like Prospect Heights, right? And uh, one day, two ladies came in, uh, kind of kind of like younger, uh, like probably mid twenties. They came in, they sat at the bar, and one of them ordered like a Rittenhouse neat. Yeah. And the other one ordered a Lafroig neat. Mm. And I, was, I think those were the two whiskeys. And I was just like, dude, this is badass. Like, yeah. and <laughs> like, and it, it was like, that was the first moment that I started noticing uh, females. Ordering yeah. It really whiskey. is something that's re- It's like a, a seismic shift over the last, you know, mm-hmm. eight but years. It, but if you think about it, I, it's, I don't know if, uh, a lot of people know this, but like on most distilleries, tasting panels, they're predominantly female. Really? Like, especially, well, in Kentucky, a lot of them are, like... like are you from Kentucky? I'm from Oklahoma. You're from Oklahoma. So, I just drink Lone Star. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not today. Yeah, not yeah. today. But you've yeah. spent, like, spent time I'm, there. I'm splitting yeah. my time between the Chenin Blanc and, uh, <laughs> and Aberfeldy 12. Dude, you're going to be so hungover. Yeah. <laughs> nah, dude, you don't know how much I ate before this. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting, though, like, we're talking about females there. It's because a lot of them, they're the tastemakers. Honestly, yeah. that's... Yeah, that's 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 why it's so exciting that you're getting so many females drinking whiskey. So what do you guys think about, um, like, we're talking about Scotch whiskey today. Um, what do you think about, like, American single malts and, like, Japanese single malts uh, coming into the market? Is there, like, is there, like, a pushback from, like, Scotland? Or is it, like, kind of like a, a rising tide? I, I, I love it. I think it's wonderful. I think um, competition like that, one, if it's craft and done properly, and within Japanese culture, of course, you have that. You take your time and you do it right. Yeah. Everyone raises their game. So. Well, they've been winning all the prizes. Yeah, that Hibiki is something yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. You know, good for them. You know, I can also see, you know, uh, as the... You know, as the Irishman on the panel here, so, uh, I can also see it, it. You know, really starting to you know take a hold in Ireland too. There's all these great little micro distilleries popping up all over the place, and they're having really they're having a great time, like peating whiskeys and crossing so with cool. all different types of. Wood. It's so cool. It, it, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the uh, the infrastructure and and uh, you know the water. You know, mm. I mean, the, in in Scotland, is is very and you in Ireland too. Um, but it, there's you know like nothing like the. The, the real thing I mean especially with the hundreds of years of, of practice yeah. and you know distilling that down it's like it's pretty special is, is, was there any kind of like um, like kind of like like attempted 
extinguishing of the small brands like oh god yeah well i mean in ireland that's what happened you know like 150 years ago there was all these small whiskey um you know like some of them bootleg you know distillers all over and and then they were all closed by the by the bigger corporations and it's really only in the last 10 years that um you know it's probably worth the 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 Diageos of the world and whatever investing in smaller distilleries because I think that's what people are drawn people to want, yeah. these days. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I think it's so cool that a lot of these big brands are buying them and they're terrified to change them because they realize they bought them for a reason. They know yeah. that these these people are doing amazing work, so they they have they have to leave it. They have yeah. to leave them how they are, and these people are still operating the same way they did for 150 years. Yeah. But they just have this behemoth marketing brand behind them. So it's just it's, yeah, I think it's, it's weird. It's like one of the up shots of this kind of strange return to analogue that the zeitgeist seems sure. to be going through mm-hmm. at the moment politically mm-hmm. socially all, you know everything uh, it's, one of the, it's one of the good sides of that that mm-hmm. people are starting to really kind of like look around sure. them and take, take notice of what their indigenous kind of you know liquid is craftsmanship all that kind of stuff and you know people want like people want real shit man yeah you know, it's yeah. like it's, it's that's great. We've had bullshit for so long, and just like yeah. like the the run of the mill everything. Oh and my god! When I start bartending in New York, you would get you know uh, obviously a cosmopolitan because Sex in the City was fucking <laughs> sure, thing. and then it was just vodka tonics and beers and shots of Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, now I was working in you know the dens of iniquity and the Lower East Side, so that <laughs> might have had something to do with it. But even uptown, you would be you know like you know you'd have some like seventy year old dude looking for like a Sazerac or something. Something like that was as, as, as interesting as. And that. you were you freaked out. You were like, so I would love yeah. to make you. Yeah. <laughs> if only we had hold on. Yeah. And then you get nervous and you have to do it like five times because you're just so excited to make a salad. Yeah. If only uh, had any of the ingredients. <laughs> Whereas then, by the time you know, like I, I'm not really behind the bar so much anymore. But by the time I am, um, was you know like stop Barton and Jesus like you would have to have an extra guy there because you were just muddling you were shaking you were stirring you were like pulling stuff off the gantry it was like the works it's really interesting as well like it's a good uh, topic of conversation cocktails for me, like this, this is this is completely changed. I mean, it's ten, twenty years ago. If you suggested I'm going to put single malt whiskey in cocktails, the horror that that yeah. would be met with. And it's now, the same way that Italians feel about their amari. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. this is like a, this was specifically thought out to be this flavor profile, mm-hmm. and now you're doing what with it? Yeah. In fairness, we actually use a lot of we use a lot of blended whiskeys on our Scotch tails in. Um, in New York, excuse me, in Highlands, um, but like I mean, the Grouse is a great mix of whiskey, mm. a great mix of whiskey. Right? And there's some gentler whiskeys, I suppose, like yeah. with tasting Glenmorangie, for example. Glenmorangie tastes wonderful in a cocktail if you really? balance out the flavors yeah, yeah, really yeah. well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I use it all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I had two different back-to-back episodes um, a few years back before my co-host Heather came on, and. Uh, I usually sit over there where you're sitting, Michael. Okay. Um, so in this seat, one week I had uh, Richard Patterson from yes. from uh, Bowmore. Mm-hmm. He was uh, no, sorry, Dalmore. Um, he was sitting here and he was like, "Yeah, so when uh, people talk about uh, you know putting uh, water in whiskey or ice, you know, here's how you do that: you put it in there, you swish it around, you smell it, and you look at it, and then you throw it out." And <laughs> I, I, I think that those, still those sticky oh, marks on the window are. St- I think that's his whiskey Jeez. all yeah. over the mics, yeah. all over the boards. Everything was shorting out. <laughs> that but, was like, wasn't he? You, you weren't the only person doing back to back that day. I'm yeah. sure. I was yeah. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> so, Got him so but then the, the next week, I had uh, 
I had the people from Highland Park on, which we have right in front. Of, I'm actually having some right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, on and they were slunch. Yeah, slunch. Um, and and they were just like, man, you know what? Do what you want with mm-hmm. it. It's like as long as you're enjoying Absolutely. it. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the pretense has kind of come out of a lot. You know, I think I think with with any cocktail, you have to be responsible of the flavors that go into it. Of yeah. course, you know, and there there's a lot of stuff that gets muddied up and kind of just like overcomplicated. But you know, classics are classic for a reason. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing more classic than Scotch whiskey. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's nothing more classic than a blood and sand or a, yeah. or, or a Scotch old fashioned. Yeah. You know, like really, you know. I think when something's, something is it's very well made as well, there should be no limitations attached to it. Yeah. Like that's yeah. not why Scotch whiskey is made to be put in a box or to be snobbish right. or you have to drink it this way. That goes completely against the ideology behind it. That's, not, that's not what we want whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, let's take uh, one quick break. Yep. And uh, when we get back, We'll continue talking whiskey and drinking whiskey. (laughs) Back in a moment. Cheers. Today's program is brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? Lush grasslands, glacial water supply, fourth generation cheesemakers, combining old world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards. The very best milk. What do you think of when you think of Wisconsin cheese? For me, I think cheese curds, delicious fresh cheese curds, or deep fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally any way, any time, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cru Chirchois, which was named 2016's World Champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese, and once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a nonprofit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com. And as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer. All right, we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on HeritageRadioNetwork.org, and today we're we're talking Scotch whiskey. We're talking whiskey. We're just talking whiskey in general. Okay. Yeah, we happen to be drinking a bunch of Scotch though. <laughs> um, we've got Donald and Michael. Um, we've been talking about some of these different Scotch whiskey. You know, we were talking about the uh, the back bar earlier on the first half of the show, and about how. It was kind of like the same stuff that you would find everywhere. I was kind of liking it to like an airport bar. Yeah. And, and I always say like at my bar, like when when people ask me why I don't have certain things, I'm like, well, I don't I don't stock anything that you can get on an airplane. <laughs> but that's changed, you know. Um, yeah. It's changed quite a bit over the last, you know, five, seven years. Um, you're starting to see more like craft brands on on airplanes and, yeah. and, and like uh, arena, like sporting arenas, stuff like that. Um, but... I was wondering because, like, I know that back in the day, and still to this day, actually, there are a lot of like uh, 
pubs that are like owned by like say like Polliner or uh, you know uh, Pilsner or Kell or whatever you know like it's usually it's typically like a German uh, Czech kind of vibe but uh, I know that there there are a few in in New York City that are like old school breweries that own like right bars yeah so was do you think that might have been part of the case with uh with some of these bigger brands Uh, yeah absolutely i mean you know i can it can speak to you know you know growing up in ireland um you know guinness was like obviously Mm -hmm. the biggest employer and the you know in dublin and also everyone drank it so you know guinness had ties with certain with certain whiskey brands and you know it was all you know kind of agreed upon what whiskey right, you would right. be pouring and you wouldn't really, you wouldn't really see a lot of scotch whiskey behind the thing and hmm. it also had a lot a lot to do frankly with you know whether or not you what class you were what religion you were if you were if you were catholic you drank jameson if you were Protestants, you drink Bushman. That's as crazy and That's ridiculous as that. So amazing to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, now it's a joke. It's like you know, I, I you know. I- Grew up Catholic, but I actually prefer Bushmills, so I don't think Jameson. <laughs> all my friends always kind of give me the, the stink eye whenever I like order like a Bushmills, and I proddy, you know, joking. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I mean, we laugh about it now. But the, you know, back in those days, I guess it was a real form of cultural identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying to think what would be a similar, you know, in the states. Well, uh, well you, you, I suppose you think about your drink is a big part of your identity still. Like people yeah, will you know, still see it's Ford versus Chevy here. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Yeah, you, and you would also, you know, like the likes of between Jack and say Knob Creek or so, or you know, like Knob you know, Creek would be considered, you know, like more of an urbanite kind of hipstery kind of like, you know, or mm. then Jack would be a little bit yeah. more rock and roll or something. I don't know. Like I'm just trying to. I think it's funny that like the number one selling whiskey in Texas is Crown Royal. Really? Not a lot of people know that. Interesting. But Canadian. You right. would think. Yeah, you would think like it'd be like straight up. But you know what? Murka. Crown, yeah, it's yeah. Crown of Coke, dude. Yeah, I drink that yeah. shit out of Crown and, Coke. Kind of ginger used to, was my yeah. my crazy uh, Uncle Harry who who had a bar in crazy Canada. Uncle Harry's drink. Crazy Uncle Harry. <laughs> he had <laughs> a bar like a in Canada, a small little town called uh, called Grand Bend on Lake Huron, and he fucking drank Crown and ginger until the fucking cows came home. Like he oh, was man. mad for it. Happy yeah. man. I'll never, I always remember that silk. Purple satchel that it came yeah. in. Oof. Oh, he's just keeping my fear to this day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, dude. I mean, that you know. How I, did we segue into my crazy? Yeah, I'm terrified of him already. Everything comes back. Yeah. Everything comes back to Uncle Harry. Yeah. This could turn into a therapy session for you. Enough <laughs> whiskey. Yeah. You could be lying back, and we could be going. Tell us about your childhood. Yeah, too much whiskey. <laughs> um, so, uh, speaking of. Uh, Right now we're drinking the Highland Park Twelve Year. This is one of my favorite fucking whiskeys of all time, and it's pretty cool, man. Like the uh, this is the American Oak finished one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So right? You, mm-hmm. you can be honest, Michael. No, no, no. Yeah. Sorry, uh, that's the uh, the fifteen is the American Oak. This is uh, we've got. got the twelve. We got the twelve. Great, great. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah. Let's talk about Orkney for a little bit. It's kind of like wild, right? It's like a fucking Viking mm-hmm. island, like north. It's the northernmost. Part of Scotland. Well, no, we got one more further north. You got Shetland, which is which is way up there. But it, it's interesting because it is Viking country. So, mm-hmm. if well, you actually, one of the earliest civilizations that, like in Europe, with the Pict civilization, that, mm-hmm. that originated in in uh, in in, or- in Orkney, right? Mm-hmm. They were yeah, they were brewing liquid, still in liquid, uh, thousands of years ago. Yeah, I mean, whiskey as we know it, fifteenth century. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. when it really yeah. kind of kicked off. I mean, that's crazy when you think about yeah. how young. The yeah. US of A is making yeah. 
whiskey since the 15th century. So we should be good at it by now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, the Irish were very known for their whiskey back in the Elizabethan times. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you said, it kind of, there was definitely like a corporate kind of movement, like, you know, a couple of hundred years ago on that, the bigger distilleries kind of took over the smaller ones. What didn't lo- really happen in Scotland, though, right? No, not necessarily. And what I love about Highland Park, though, is that you can, you can taste a little bit of that seaside. Mm-hmm. Like oh, you, yeah. You, you get the flavor of it there. Yeah. And it, it gives you that sense of place, it's which, I, which I love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And plus, it's a single malt Scotch whiskey that's made by Vikings. You don't get much color than that. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any whiskey that comes out of, like, you know, Norway and Sweden and stuff? Swedes, the Swedes do some really good whiskey. Really? Mm-hmm. They've been working on it for quite a while as well, so... Um, you know, that barrel-aged Aquavit, that's what they're dealing with, man. <laughs> the that's where is, all the barrels go. The Aquavit yeah. is dangerous. Yeah. Uh, well, especially the way it's meant to be drunk, you know? It's like mm-hmm. going to, like, if you go down to, like, Brighton Beach, uh, go to one of those Russian places, man, right. you are going to have a whole bottle of vodka to yourself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's funny, even you know, I can see with vodka, like all these like craft vodkas that come out as well. It's like, it's like bonkers how much you know. Can you differentiate between the flavors of a vodka? Because I, I mean, I obviously I've worked at it for whiskey, and I know yeah. a bit about gin, but oh, I can't with vodka. You know, it's really exhausting, like doing like I'm part of uh, tasting panels for like the the New York Spirits competition. I've done the Las Vegas one. Um, I think I'm doing the San Francisco one next year. Um, but you start your day when you're doing when you're judging spirits. You start your day with vodkas because, well, but it makes sense because your palate's fresh mm-hmm. and it's like limber, you know. And you're you work up and then you end with like the craziest shit, like <laughs> ready to drink cocktails and like yeah. cream liqueurs and shit like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you, you start on the an day, airplane. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you start your day with vodkas, and it's like I can tell you from experience, man. It's like. There is, and I'm not saying, I, dude, I don't have the greatest palate of all time, uh, but for some reason they keep hiring me to do these things. Um, <laughs> but it's, it is really interesting when you wake up and start drinking vodka. Jesus. Uh, it's crazy Uncle yeah. Harry's. Crazy Uncle vodka. Harry's territory. <laughs> you got into Harry territory there. <laughs> so but, it became crazy. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, but like just by virtue of like what this is, what the liquid is in the glass and the bottle, it's like you're, you want congeners. You want like, you, that, that's what brings the flavor to mm-hmm. the spirit you Absolutely. know mm-hmm. so yeah. when you're distilling a vodka 40 times it's like right man yeah. like, i guess the boring. biggest difference would be between like is it rye vodka or or potato, potato vodka, vodka. Or rye wheat all that kind potato. of stuff yeah yeah uh but you know like what i have to say i do like and it's so weird but i really like wet martinis you know equal parts oh man mm-hmm. me too love that like with an orange with an orange twist or oh, whatever like that I like grapefruit. to me you know because it's like sometimes you just want something just really clean and fresh mm-hmm. and like, yeah you know, like totally yeah. and i think that's coming back though i think people yeah. are starting people too two things first of all people have been starting to get more into vermouths and like there's a market right. for vermouth now yeah so to make a 50 50 or like an astoria cocktail you're gonna let that shine for sure but then people are also starting to get it like the, the consumer market is starting to get more into all types of aperitifs and and, and fortified and wines still, you can mm. see all these like crazy bitters sherry like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. crazy you know it can was we, great 
Can we mention gin for a moment as well? Scotland has taken a huge. I mean, gin has taken a huge hold of Scotland. Ah, like, cr- yeah. Gin crazy right I think, now. Uh, well, I think I love telling the, the story of there was a, there was a gin craze in in the whole of the UK at the at one point that they had to ban gin because there was so much gin drinking in going modern on. times or like in was yeah, well, it James the first? Isn't that that famous? Not not like <laughs> last year. And it, yeah. like it was it was pretty far back. But yeah. because there was it was it was called Mother's Rune because the right. women were just drinking. Gin, right. and yeah. then they were breastfeeding, going straight into the kids. Yeah. Well, there's a crazy story uh, when um, William of Orange, you mm-hmm. know, t- got took over the throne in England after James the First, like the Catholic, the Catholic, the Protestant king, took over from getting back to religion and, and spirits. <laughs> he basically banned all imports from Catholic countries, so there was no, you know, cognac coming in from France. A lot of whiskey distilleries were in, in trouble in Scotland, so he all anybody could drink was gin. That's where uh, uh, Old Tom style. Yeah. Uh, gin comes from because they used to have a little cat on the wall that's where you yeah. go and you get your bootleg gin but it took such a hold that's where that crate that uh, carving uh, gin alley or you yeah, know like yeah, yeah. all that depravity because right. so, everyone was like on this crate wired on this like bathtub yeah. gin for like two years that's like, where uh, that's where uh, Dutch courage came from as well because yeah. the Dutch army everyone noticed the Dutch army were just Right. Powering into battle all the time, and they wondered why. <laughs> yeah, Guinevere gin it does have has has it like 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 whiskey has an interesting uh, such an interesting element to it because of the amount of fun you can have with the botanicals, mm. like how you mm-hmm. can have the the spectrum of the flavor profiles. Um, have you ever still so, holding on to that kind of like junipery uh, flavor? Sorry, have you mind. seen the uh, the bottle of the botanist? Also right. about yeah, yeah. Clary. They have yeah. they have all the um, the lists, all the botanicals. yeah, lists yeah. all the botanicals, and it's all within indigenous. Like, to most the, of it's like yeah. six miles within the distillery. It's it's, so it's cool, crazy. Man. It's so cool, but it's uh, it's yeah, it's huge in Scotland at the moment. Yeah, yeah the botanist is a great product. Actually, oh, I love great. the botanist. Yeah, Do you know, I've I have I have problems between deciding between that and the Harris Distillery. So Harris, oh, um, yeah. Upper Hebrides, Outer Hebrides, just opened a new distillery. Yeah, well, it's we had a bar at Whitehall. Uh, which we closed like last year, but we had it for six years, and that was a, a gin bar. We tend to like get super like into a, a spirit, and then decide to open up a bar around <laughs> yeah. around that spirit. Sounds but, good, but yeah, like how did I get? So we had a lot of adventures in gin mm-hmm. through those like six years, where we had like a massive, uh, you know, like a whole gin list. Yeah, it's a and playful spirit. You can do a lot with it. It is got to know a lot about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. got to know a lot about it. It has a in- really interesting history too. Mm-hmm. Like you know. Do a lot of research, a lot of gin drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Done a lot of work with gin. I, I actually work with Brooklyn Gin. And oh, you do? Oh, that's cool. nice. Then, uh, the Avril Damson Gin, I was the one who uh, gave Scott Cron that idea because he he was like, wonder what to do with the gin market. And uh, so he'd never had Damson Gin I think gin in Williamsburg, <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn Gin, right there. Don't they have distillery the, in Williamsburg? The distillery, they're moving. Uh, the Distillery's going to be like in the Carroll Gardens, Gowanus. Okay, yeah. Right now they're doing everything upstate in Warwick. I, think I went to a wedding in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then I actually did an old Tom gin with uh, Green Hook Ginsmiths, the barrel aged old Tom gin. Oh, yeah. That's me and my buddy Maxwell yeah. Britain. From, I love that. Uh, and the Geneva as well. That's yeah. like, two really, in, like, strangely, probably in the next couple of years, you'll see a lot more of that. I mean, yeah. Geneva is kind of not for everyone because it has a very musty, almost kind of peaty right. element to it. But Uncle Tom's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, the, get, you can get really weird with it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And like the, the Indian gins, the Raj gins mm, and all yeah, that. Yeah, totally. The spice gins. The Caden yeah, So good. Yeah. So when when you guys are, uh, this is great. I mean, like, I wish that the show was longer. But uh, 
when you guys are promoting whiskey, like, are how? What, what are some of the things that you do to promote? Like, do you have like different tasting nights at the bar? Like, when you're giving tours in Scotland, like, mm-hmm. are there certain like events that you hold, like dinners and things like that? Or we do we do a lot of uh, whiskey tastings, but and, and paired with. But for me, the the quintessential way to get to know a whiskey is actually to go and to to see the people that make it and see the history and the culture behind it. Because it's a culture; it's yeah. not just a history. It's it's a way of life. It's people live breathe and love it yeah and that's ingrained in not just the people and the place so each whiskey has a has a narrative of that place and you get a sense of pride so say you're drinking say we're drinking highland park we're not just drinking let's a say whiskey. that we're drinking this pc yeah let's say <laughs> drinking now though aren't we drinking the uh, port charlotte port charlotte port yes charlotte. okay so we're drinking Dang. this beautiful yeah. isla whiskey and you can taste isla in it you taste a bit of the culture and a, a bit of the love that went into it over the years and that's the best way, best way to get to know the whiskey by far. I agree. I think, you know, I always tell, I've always told every chef that I've worked with, it's like, if you're running a special for the night, like a dish, it's like, or you're like changing something on the menu. It's like, you can't just run, you can't just like rattle off. You can't give the servers and the bartenders like the special of the day, just like the words. It's like, put that taste it. put yeah. that plate up so we can yeah. taste it and experience it. because you're we you know like from the bar and also from your job Mike mm. um, sorry Michael um, we'll go with Mike we've uh, had three right, whiskeys cool. right, yeah. we're in America man yeah. your name's Mike man <laughs> <laughs> I dig it I'm with it but uh, you know we're we're sharing experiences so like you gotta you actually have to experience that dish that whiskey yeah, you know yeah. I mean we get a lot of interest at Highlands because we we have a uh, a restaurant attached to the Highlands and sure. we do basically modern Scottish fare do scotch Maybe, eggs yeah. yeah we do yeah we do we do at langoustine and haggis and all the rest of it but we get a lot of um, you know interest in our we have a whole pairing um, menu where we pair uh, we do three course dinners and we pair each course with uh, with a whiskey you know like and food Food uh, and whiskey happen to go extraordinarily well mm-hmm. together. Um, you know, you take you take a, the slight burn out of it, just add like a little water, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we usually start off with like a you know like a good like Scottish chowder, langoustine soup kind of a thing, uh, and you'll have like a pita. oysters. Yeah, or oh, oysters. Dude, I was at yeah, so I, good. I, I, actually, great with whiskey. Speaking yeah. of, the you know what's great with whiskey as well? Yeah, everyone in Brazil is drinking like coconut water. What? Yeah, in Rio. Everybody loves coconut water and scotch. It's so glass. good, man. Brian Miller, back when he was at uh, Death and Company, he had a, uh, a cocktail called the Grass Kilt. And it was like a tiki <laughs> yeah, scotch drink. Totally. And it had like co- I think it was like coconut tea infused famous grouse, I think. I want to say it was famous grouse. Yes. Um, and it was like just this kind of like daiquiri coconut thing with scotch yeah. it was yeah. so fucking good yeah. so, like yeah. no limitations it's That's like what... a it's like putting a little bit of water in it but it has a little kind of creamy texture to it and then putting it with something that has the poor Charlotte perfect and it kind of opens it up but gives it a tiny little bit of a sweetness chocolate yeah. honestly for me yeah. chocolate, chocolate and whiskey yeah. I'm yeah. home absolutely it's, it's yeah. something Dark special chocolate. yeah, yeah. god now I'm hungry again. Yeah. <laughs> hungry and uh, thirsty hungry and thirsty yeah, yeah. so We've had the Aberfeldy 12 today. Mm-hmm. We've had the Highland Park 12. Now we're drinking the Port Charlotte. This is the Scottish Barley, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. If I can see. Yeah. Um, these heavily are- peated, but it doesn't feel that heavily no. peated. I mean, like a heavily peated one you, you call a meal. You can stand up, yeah. in, we would say, in Scotland. Whereas yeah. this, this, is, this is gentle. This is playful. I think it's quite, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I think, I think what it is, it's, it's like it's so malty, you know, mm-hmm. like on the nose. It's like, 
I think it just kind of like balances that out. What I love as well, this to me, this smells like Isla. Like if I you go to Isla, the place smells like whiskey. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, it's one tiny little island with eight distilleries on it. So good luck going there and not being just drawn straight into the distilleries. Yeah. It kind of blows my mind when you think about like the size of Scotland and the size of like you know all these little distilleries and the the impact that it's had around the world. I mean, I spent time in um, in India and you know they love Scotch because mm. it's kind of like you know the uh, the, mar- the the middle class is growing and then, mm. like, people are getting rich. It's a mark of distinction. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they want whiskey, they want Scotch whiskey so much so that actually it's a problem because they're counterfeiting, right? Yeah. <laughs> like right. big style. Uh, but you go to any of the kind of you know the the uh, reputable establishments in Bombay, and they have like a ma- the major whiskey selections, and mm. the, the guys are like just paying through the nose <laughs> for like all this liquid or whatever. But it's just like it's crazy, like the world over, um, out of this like small. Uh, what's small ha- what's hilarious as well, or even more re- renowned, is you go to these distilleries and they look ancient, like they're they're wood. A lot of them, like it, these these places, do not look like cutting edge they look like they've been doing this as, as a craft and a passion for hundreds of years and right. a lot of the places they have so the fact that they are selling things that then go internationally yeah. just shows you the, the depth of the, um, the talent I hope everyone who's listening to the show has a, a scotch in front of them. <laughs> or at least <laughs> no, they will soon. Hopefully. Yeah, they will. I'm sure yeah. we're making their yeah. mouths water. Yeah. My, one of my favorite drinks of all time. I, I love whiskey sodas, man. I love a whiskey highball. Yeah. Oh, really? And it was like the first, it was actually the first drink I ever had behind the bar because I made it for a customer who always drank Chivas and soda. Hmm. And he all of a sudden, one, he always came out on Monday nights at seven o'clock. I always had his Chivas and soda ready for him. And uh, one day his, uh, Comes at it Monday, seven o'clock. His wife told me he can't drink whiskey anymore, so I, I had this <laughs> oh, shivers no. and soda, and I didn't know what to do with it. And it was like, like I had just started it. bartending. I was like, I'm not. I'm at work. I'm not supposed to drink behind the bar. Found out that that was the dumbest thing ever, um, <laughs> and that that rule has always been broken since then. Um, but yeah. that's that's what got me into drinking scotch was scotch soda, and then. Was yeah. like yeah, just scotch on the rocks, and mm-hmm. then just just, ah, just splash scotch. of soda. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I but like a little splash of soda. I think the highball is really coming back right now. Yeah. Do you do you see that? Yeah, yeah. People are kind of you know like it's interesting. You know the the path to enlightenment is paved with excess, as they as the Buddhists yeah. say. Uh, we've had like this kind of crazy, you know, like. Uh, period of you know extravagant cocktails, people mixing liquids from all over the world, and that's been amazing. But I do think there's a a, a, a return to kind of just you know uh, more simplified, uh, more simplified. Kind it's of sessionable. Thing. It's just like like session beers, like yeah, you know, lower ABV cocktails. Sessionable. It's refreshing, yeah. but at the same time, you're not adulterating so much the flavor of that whiskey. Mm. And you know, I think that's the coolest thing about when it. when the ingredients are good, you don't need to exactly like, absolutely. We had, yeah, we have to realize that like a lot of uh, a lot of cocktails were actually mixed up to make bad booze taste better. Yeah, yeah, especially during what prohibition time when they yeah. didn't have access to to good alcohol. What they did yeah. was they mixed it with lots of other things to yeah. make it palatable. Absolutely, we don't really need to do that anymore. Well, guys, we're like we're. I, I'd love no. to have you guys back sometime. No. I know we're just getting into it. Uh, God, we're, gonna had, to, we're gonna have to do a sequel. Yeah, I had another yeah, three absolutely. whiskeys heading away as well. I was just getting started. Well, okay. <laughs> well, bye, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll continue off air. Okay, I have a question though. So, as a tall, lanky hippie kid from small town in Oklahoma, Ohio. Oklahoma, mm. right? What are the rules for me? Like, 
how can I can I wear a kilt? I mean, is that like acceptable? I'll have is to it- defer to you, Michael. <laughs> you, I've, I'm an Irishman and I've worn many a kilt. So. You need to wear a kilt would be my response. You will never have the swagger, the swish that you do <laughs> in a kilt. And by the way, if you're getting your kilt, make sure to contact Howie Nichols via Twitter. <laughs> oh, Howie's going to love you for <laughs> yeah. that. No, I'm telling you, like just put a kilt on and just see how it feels because... It is a wonderful experience. You get you get a swagger that you can like never a woman. manage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which can only be a good thing. And not just that, the amount of people that will buy you drinks in New York just from wearing oh, a yeah. kilt. Oh no, yeah, forget mm-hmm. about it. In New York, you're definitely gonna you'll get. You'll be like, drinking whiskeys all night. Cool, so, yeah. You get a few hands. Right, you get a few hands up there. And I, the question, obviously, the, the question of you're wearing underwear with the bloody thing, obviously, which everyone's like, hey, you're wearing underwear with that because you're supposed to not wear underwear. I'm, I'm Are you wearing underwear with your kilt? We'll, we'll leave well, that for wanted, next time. He didn't want to sit facing. I know. Like I'm like sitting right across from Michael I'm just kind of like, like <laughs> my eyes are up here we're being careful good to know All right. um, then, so we, we, yeah so uh, the next, time. next time you see me I'll be wearing a kilt yes <laughs> All I, kilt. Could, I think you'd rock one very well All three of us kilted it's going to be pretty pretty gnarly because I'm really tall so it's going to be like a short skirt make sure me. that your socks are pulled up to your knees <laughs> yeah. yeah can I wear cowboy boots with a kilt yes you should wear cowboy cool. boots with a kilt I like, most dude, definitely this is so much positive go. reinforcement cross pollination yeah. like the whiskey um, you know? I feel so much better about myself after hanging out with you guys. Nothing to do with the poor Charlotte. Whatsoever. <laughs> guys, slange of us. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure. Um, I would I would encourage everyone to visit Scotland Absolutely. and also the Highlands Bar. Highlands in, uh, NYC. NYC, yeah. man. Um, well, shit, man. That's it for the show this week. Um, I, Souther, I hope you're having fun in Scotland, uh, especially after hearing the show. And uh, oh, is he listening? Oh, shout out to everyone in Oslo. Yeah, uh, yeah, our favorite, our bar friends in our yeah. bar friends in Oslo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool man. Um, so yeah, man, that's it for today. Please come back. Love to have you on anytime. And love it. Nice one. Not just back. for the whiskey. It was yeah, a pleasure. kill right. some whiskey next Cheers. time. That's it for the Speakeasy this week. Uh, check out HeritageRadioNetwork.org for many other programs like this one. Probably not as fun as this one, but uh, <laughs> no, no, they're they're all great. Um, <laughs> they're real cool. Yeah, especially uh, the school food one. That's yeah, gonna yeah, that's yeah. gonna be the best one. Um, not depressing at all. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been been a real fun one today. Um, so yeah, check out the Speakies and Heritage Radio Network org for any other programs like this one. Souther should be back next week, so we'll uh, rally up again. But uh, until then, cheers, guys. Slant you. Slant you. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Oh,